What motivated these men to leave everything for a time and set out in search of something else? At the outset, they had no idea where they were going or what they were looking for. How would they even know when they had found it? The word magi, magi, is the plural of magus, a word that describes a seeker and a dreamer. Let's take a closer look at these seekers and dreamers we call wise. Theirs was a journey in four steps, and it wasn't theirs alone. These seekers and dreamers were unsettled, unfinished, unnerved, and then unleashed. They were unsettled. They knew something was wrong with their world. Otherwise, they would not have been searching for something else, something more, something different, and willing to leave everything behind for a time in order to pursue an uncertain goal. Theirs was a quest beyond mere scientific or material curiosity. The human mind is created to seek, to learn, to explore, but this was different. They were not looking to add to their knowledge or explore over the next hill, but to replace their worldview. The world around them was not okay. There was something wrong, and they recognized that. They were seeking a solution, looking for a sign, following a path to something better. They were unfinished. They may not have known exactly what they were looking for, but they understood that where they were in life was not comfortable any longer. They did not have all the pieces they needed in their search. They had natural knowledge and human learning, but that knowledge could take them only so far. They had to perfect their knowledge with something beyond their own capacity to learn. They found it when in humility they asked for help, and when in response the scholars of the sacred writings opened the meaning of sacred scripture to them and explained what was hinted at in their human knowledge. When St. Thomas Aquinas describes the virtues as gifts from God, he mentions that our human knowledge, learning, and curiosity can take us only so far. We can discover much, learn much, describe much, because God created in us the capacity to know and created the universe to be knowable. But it is only through the virtue of faith that we can recognize God beyond all things that human knowledge learns. The theological virtue of faith perfects our human knowledge by putting it all together and showing us the ultimate meaning. The Magi are exemplars of this truth. Their human knowledge and scientific method showed them a direction to pursue but only in seeking help beyond themselves and opening themselves to the revelation of God in the Bible did they learn what they had been looking for all along and see where it was leading. Because their knowledge and dreams were unfinished, they did not see that they were also unwitting but not unwilling participants in the larger work of God. Unaware of the inspired word of God in the Hebrew scriptures, The Magi trundled along a path they thought they were making for themselves, but really it was a part of God's larger plan.
Not only does Psalm 72 predict that kings from the east would bring tribute, offer gifts, and bow before a new Davidic king, and not only does the prophet Isaiah foretell that people from the east would bring golds of would bring gifts of gold and frankincense, but an Old Testament narrative in the book of Numbers tells of a magus from the east, a visionary who was summoned by a non-Jewish king to travel to a town near Jerusalem. His name was Balaam, or Balaam. He came with two others, and the three travelers, just as our three wise men, frustrated the plans of the wicked king to destroy Israel because Balaam was astonished when his eyes were opened to the work of God in unexpected places, unexpected people, and unexpected paths. The civil ruler planned to use Balaam to heap destruction on Israel, but God used Balaam to bring blessings instead. In the same way, Herod planned to use the Magi to lead him to the one who threatened his rule so that he might destroy the new king. Instead, biblical texts were fulfilled in the Magi, and they unwittingly became hearers and disciples of the word of God. God used them in a plan for good because they allowed themselves to hear and follow God's word. They were unnerved. They were open to surprises, and surprised they were at what they found. One of the tragedies of the Christian life is that many lose the capacity to be surprised by God. It is a reductionist approach to faith, spirituality, religion, and holiness. We have heard the words and the formulas of prayer and theology for so long that we reduce all of it to well-worn categories. We lose our capacity to be surprised by grace. The spiritual gift of fear of the Lord doesn't mean a trembling dread, fright, distress, or anxiety in God's presence, but rather awe and wonder and delight in God's actions in the world and in our lives. Fear of the Lord doesn't cause us to withdraw from God, but instead to lunge toward the things of God with expectation. God doesn't want us to tremble before him, but rather to giggle like a child when we see what he is doing in our lives and in our world. The tragedy is that too many Christians have forgotten how to giggle. The expectations of the Magi were reversed. They carried gifts to Bethlehem, but realized that ultimately it was they who would receive a gift, not give one. They brought gifts totally inappropriate for a newborn infant, Precious metal, incense, fragrant balm for anointing. What would an infant possibly do with these? But they left Bethlehem aware that gifts had been given and gifts received, but not as they had anticipated. Well, that all sounds wonderful, but let's be honest. In a merely human sense, these wise ones had been disappointed at first in what they found. Theirs was a dream of finding a new world order, a solution to the troubling times of their world. But they found a poor couple, rejected by their family and society, nursing and protecting an infant among animals. 
The wise ones looked for a new power. They were told they would find a king, and they found a baby and a poor couple living on the edge of society. Put yourself in their shoes. Their hearts must have sunk as they approached the scene. Their disappointment must have been palpable. I once checked into a hotel while traveling in Italy and had the same sinking feeling. The online reviews said the hotel had character. What I found is that it had bugs. However, I had taken the last train of the day to get there, walked half a mile in the pouring rain to find the hotel, and it was night. There was no turning back. There was no alternative. The Magi must have felt the same as they brought their caravan into the town of Bethlehem and toward their destination. It was supposed to have character, but instead they found livestock. And along with the animals, away from everyone else, a cold and lonely couple with their baby. And then they were unleashed. It was in the heart of their disappointment, though, that the wise ones found their lives changed. Perhaps their hearts were broken, but only for a time. They became disoriented when their expectations met reality, and everything was so incredibly different from their dreams. When they left their expectations and preconceived project goals behind, from the ashes of their disappointment and in the hole left from the collapse of their dreams, God's grace Grace worked its magic, and the word magic has the same root as magi. The fact that they recognized and listened to the voice of an angel, then responded to it by using a different route to return home, is more than geographic in its import. Their lives were changed, and their lives took a different direction after their encounter, Their their disorientation in life turned to a reorientation, new purpose, new energy, a new path. They were no longer held bound and held back by their former ways of thinking and acting. They realized that they could not simply leave Bethlehem and go back on the same path. They had been changed by their encounter with Jesus, and so the path they would walk in the future had to change too. They became models for us all, the paradigm and exemplar of how to respond to being disoriented in life and reoriented by God. So what does this all mean for you and for me? Unsettled, unfinished, unnerved, unleashed. It all occurred in a place called Bethlehem, In Hebrew, that means house of bread. Where are we now? In the house of bread, the bread of life, the true bread from heaven, the bread of angels, the bread that truly satisfies, the bread that Jesus promised we would eat and hunger no more, the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus. We are sitting now in the true and eternal Bethlehem, in front of the altar of the cross on which the baby become a man offered himself in his body to set us free from fear of God. In front of the altar of the cross, 
on which the entire universe was by sin disoriented and by grace reoriented. From the wood of the manger to the wood of the cross, every moment in Jesus' life invites us to the house of bread, Bethlehem. And whether we follow the path of the Magi, the way of the cross, or the trail of our own life, we follow the same steps. We are unsettled, unfinished, unnerved, unleashed. We are unsettled. For a Christian, there is always the awareness that the world is broken. It has little to do with politics or economics or the media. The awareness doesn't arise from the controversy of the moment. We are aware constantly that there is something wrong with the world. There is something not right within us, and sin cannot be conquered, addictions cannot be controlled, pains cannot be whitewashed. In some, we have come to recognize that we need God in our lives and that our world is broken without him. We are unfinished. Because we need God in our lives, because there is an emptiness and loneliness within us without him, we know that we are in need of grace, mercy, healing, hope, strength, and love, and so is everyone else in the world. We did not create ourselves, and we cannot perfect ourselves. Without God's grace to guide us, without God's revealed word in sacred scripture, without authoritative instruction within the community of faith, without the guidance of conscience and the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we wander and we wonder, where is God and why am I stuck in life? The Magi were perhaps spiritual, but without seeking the guidance of those who knew the sacred scripture and taught with authority, they would never have found Jesus. Being spiritual but not religious doesn't get us close to the truth. It keeps us wandering, wondering, searching, unfinished. Without a star to follow, the only spirit we pursue is our own, like a dog chasing its own tail. We are unnerved. Are you open to being surprised by God? Have we perhaps heard all the words so many times that we refuse to be open to surprise and wonder any longer? Have we bought into the myth that knowledge and discovery without faith is complete in itself? Consider that even the desire to discover, the need to know, the appetite to understand is a gift from God and draws us toward God. As St. Augustine said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. There are too many who live unfulfilled lives because they refuse to be surprised by God and astonished by the reach of God's mercy. They refuse to giggle in wonder at the work of God. No longer lost in wonder at the creation and action of God, their world is closed in on itself. In contrast, the universe of God constantly invites us beyond ourselves into new realms of discovery, wonder, and delight. There is a universe within us and a universe around us, all created by God. 
no drug, no sin, no drink, no habit, no website, no relationship, no act of denial will take us farther into joy than an appetite for the things of God. Consider the Eucharist. As the Magi did on their trek to Bethlehem, when we come to Mass, we bring gifts. Our ushers collect our tithes, the biblical mandate to return the first 10% of everything to God. And then people from the pews represent all of us in presenting the wine and the bread in procession to the altar. The priest invites us all into the offering. Pray, brothers and sisters, that your sacrifice and mine may be acceptable to God. What we offer is our version of gold, incense, and myrrh, but what we receive is unexpected, unimaginable. The fact that bread becomes the whole person of Jesus is astonishing, as astonishing as finding a baby when you expected a king. Having received the sacrament of the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior, and the Lord, we are then unleashed. We enter Mass unsettled and admit it immediately. I have sinned. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We recognize the reality of our brokenness and incompleteness by acknowledging our sins and opening ourselves to mercy. Then, with a simple invitation, let us pray. The priest invites us to open our wounded and hopeful hearts and lay our prayers before God Most High. The priest then collects all of our prayers and presents them to God. We all say amen and then do what the Magi did. Listen to God's revelation in the sacred word in order to hear an answer to our prayers and seek direction in our journey. And then we arrive in Bethlehem, the house of bread. We sit in and kneel in astonished wonder as the gifts are brought forward, bread and wine, and then are transformed by the word of Jesus. This is my body. This is my blood. In that wonder, we realize that there is hope for us to be transformed as well. God can surprise us still. In God's plan for your life and mine, we can become more than we thought or expected. Change me, Lord. Heal me and let me grow. Expand my heart and let it become with one with your most sacred heart. The miracle of this house of bread, Bethlehem, is what is accomplished by God in the Eucharist. Unlike every other food which you and I take into ourselves, and digest so that it becomes part of us. We become what we eat when we take in the body and blood of Christ. The food is not changed as much as you and I are changed by the very bread of life. Renewed, reoriented, strengthened, filled with hope, and then we are unleashed. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Go forth, be part of God's plan for changing a world that is unsettled, unfinished, unnerved. Go forth, bring a word of hope to the hopeless. Go back to a broken world and help heal it. Go forth and be like the Magi. 
Be ready to leave everything you know and are comfortable with, everything that you use to cover and mask your unsettled and unfinished self, and set out in courage and confidence to find Jesus, whatever it takes, wherever it leads you in 2018. In this new year, let your unsettled and unfinished self be unnerved by God's astonishing grace and live a life unleashed.